Hey everyone, you're listening to Little Bit of Life Podcast with Little. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and the occasional ridiculous chats about everything that we seem to think but don't say. Very little is off limits. Sit back, enjoy, and let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by The Healing House Company. Handcrafted wellness products, specifically their best-selling liquid Zanny, helps with stress and anxiety relief during the day without making you sleepy and can be used to sleep like a baby at night when applied, yes, to the bottom of your right big toe, reflexology. Make sure you use code LITTLEBIT for 10% off and order today. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Swear I didn't do it. I don't know. You kidding? She made Broken look beautiful and Strong look invincible. She walked with the universe on her shoulders and made it look like a pair of wings. She's proof that you can walk through hell and still be an angel. Hello, hello. We are back with another episode of Little Bit of Life podcast with Little. We live in a world where, let's just be real here, we're meeting people on social media, we're creating relationships on social media, but what happens when that relationship goes south? What happens as a female when it seems like every single person that not only followed your significant other starts to follow you and creates a narrative to your story that didn't even happen? So I have an amazing guest on today. You guys have probably seen her all over TikTok, Miss Jessica Rabbit. She's amazing. She's incredible. She's also one of the Arizona locals here. So how are you doing? Welcome on. Thanks for having me. I'm good. Thank you. I am so excited to have you on, not only to share your story, but I have a feeling that this is going to connect with, let's just say, more than you and I on this topic. So (laughs) dive in to have listeners kind of get to know you a little bit. What's your story? So I am 38 years old. I am a, I, I like to say a real single mom of two, um, because I actually raised my kids fully solo. Um, apparently I don't know how to pick them. So we can go ahead and just throw that jab out there at myself. Um, <laughs> cause I raised both my boys solo and still happen to pick another, not such a winner. Um, I am a Las Vegas business owner. I am an international business owner. Um, and I live in Arizona. I own two homes in Arizona. Um, and I live my life for my kids work from home, all of that. But at the same aspect, I'm a social media creator. I love to be on TikTok. And, you know, that's what I do during my downtime as almost like a mental escape from life. Mm-hmm. When did you get on TikTok? Was it like most of us when it was like during that pandemic of like we're locked and trapped in our homes and we just need something to kind of get us out of our day to day? Yes. So I actually had two TikToks. Um, the first time I was on TikTok, I was known as the real tooth fairy. Um, because I actually own a dental company. Um, and so that was my first TikTok. It never made it super big, like two, 3000 followers. Um, and then I quit posting when we got back to work. So I was posting a lot during the pandemic and then dentistry reopened in July of 2021. And so I was like, boom, back into it or 2020, sorry, July, 2020. And, um, I kind of pulled away from TikTok again. And then I recreated my TikTok underneath Miss Jessica rabbit in the summer of last year. So how has TikTok been for you as a female? Because I feel like there's such this divide of creators that are women on there. We have ones that are supporting women and it's all this huge backfire of, you know, we are all not against each other anymore. We're together. We're women supporting women and we want other women to do better and we want success versus there's some on there that are just not that type of way. And you get a lot of kickback. Yeah. So, um, I am a woman that supports other women. I am one of those people that I get so excited when I hop in someone's live. Um, I was in Welded Mamas, I don't remember the rest of her names, uh, live the other day. As soon as I walked in, she's like, oh my God, Jessica Rabbit's in here, you guys. She supports every woman, doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, she's that girl. you know. And then there's that other side of TikTok where the girls are just like, like they are, they should be on a corner. I don't really know. Like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're showing. 
I don't know why you would want to show that much. I just, I don't know. Um, and so there's definitely a difference. And then there's some girls that do do that type of content that are people that support women at the same aspect. And they got to the point of making that content typically because they had a narcissistic ex. So then they came back as let you, let me, you know, you can view my glow up and they come in and then that content takes off for them. Um, I'm not a person known for that type of content. I do throw a little bit of spicy things out there here and now just for fun, but a lot of mine are quotes. Um, a lot of mine are about how I feel. Um, um, sometimes it's not even just about me. It's about somebody who might've DM'd me their story. And I'm now making a video that's a sound for them. I take a lot of sounds from Meme King um, for real. That's Q. He's a great content creator for women. I take a lot of his sounds. Um, and it's because I feel like even when it might be relatable to me, I know it's relatable to the other women that follow me. And, you know, you, I always try to say like, there's things that you, everybody can have hate thrown their way on whether they do or they don't like faith gone fishing. There's always, it's either you do or you don't, there is no in between on her. And the one thing that I like about her is she's all women supporting her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I say about my page too, is as many men might comment and be like, she's beautiful. You're beautiful. I love your smile, your eyes, blah, blah, blah. I have twice the amount of women that are in my comments. And every single one of those women has went through a heartbreak, a heartbreak that they shouldn't have went to. It's, a, it's things that shouldn't have existed in today's society. We all know better than to hurt people. And that it still happens over and over. And it's notorious on that app, unfortunately, too, for those of us that have chosen to date off of TikTok. I married off of TikTok. And unfortunately, it did not go as who I thought he was and who he portrayed himself. And I think that's also something too, like with the women that support women and the ones that don't and in any creator on TikTok, whether they're male or female is we give you a small glimpse into our life. Unless we're on our lives talking about it. Like if you've been in my life, you know, I will talk about my life. I'm very open. I'm very, I admit where I went wrong in my own relationships. So you get a good glimpse into my life, but a lot of times we're not, we're going into these battles. We're seeing this good looking guy. He looks like he supports his followers. Everybody's throwing money his way. And then we start to fall for what we think they are. And then you realize they're not that person. Mm -hmm. So That's my story. Social media is key in regards to the first word and it's social. And the word that you used is absolutely perfect to describe this. It's who you portray yourself to be. And I mean, we don't live in the generation where like our grandparents met through, you know, a friend of a friend who they were married for 30 or 40 years. We are meeting people in the web, in this social media experiment. And I really feel that this is an experiment because so many people are portraying who they want us to think that they are so that they can catch us and draw us in. And then once you actually get into that, that actual person of diving deep and going through, like I always say, all four seasons with them, you're like, um, hi, who are you? How did we meet again? Because you're a completely different person. And with this social media being so massive, it's the attention and who they portray themselves to be. They have attention at the click of a button within a matter of seconds. And I feel that people use the word narcissist now on TikTok so often, this hashtag is trending, but the reason we're on is to bring awareness to truly what narcissism is, what it looks like, what those flags are, and then how healing comes out of that because you really are reborn and finding who you are because it's a traumatic experience. You are changed as a person, whether you realize during that time or not, you are affected in a very negative, toxic environment, but then you also have to defend yourself when you come out of the relationship, because you have so many enemies yes. that you didn't even know existed for no reason. So this is going to be a two-part series. I have you on today. And I also have another, um, TikTok creator. She's fantastic. She also lives here in Sedona and she talks all about narcissism. That's what her entire platform is about. Same, similar to you quotes and drawing people. Did in. I duet her? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I did duet her, right? Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. her. I love her. Yeah. She'll be on next Friday. So I'm so excited to have her and talk about her experience as well. So did you have experience with a narcissist prior, like in your life, or was this kind of like the first big doozy of an experience? So as you talked about narcissistic personality disorder and using the word narcissism is so thrown out everywhere. Um, I don't believe that anyone in this world doesn't have narcissism in them. So I think that to say, did I ever experience it before? I probably experienced it within my own self. And I can identify that as a, as a human being, because we are selfish and a form of narcissism is in selfishness, we all have narcissism in us. But narcissism to the extent of targeting a person, marrying them for false intentions, I had never in my life. Um, I am that person that every ex is a friend, Mm -hmm. okay? I am that person that my son's fathers are not fathers, but they're still my friends. Mm -hmm. I identified within them that they didn't want to be a father. It didn't stop me from being a mother. didn't stop me from having respect towards them. My son's father is a Marine in in San Diego. You know, we have, he told me the other day that I was his best friend. He's never even met our son, but he told me those things because I identify where people are able to to be in their lives. So to have come to where I just went through and I'm still going through, no, I had never experienced that in my life. And it is the most traumatic, gut-wrenching experience, just like your next host who's going to be coming in. Um, She and I have very similar stories, except for, you know, she worked for a company and was successful. I am an international business owner. My success is beyond what I ever thought my life would go to when I was driving pedicabs in Old Town seven (laughs) years ago. Okay. And if you, if you're not from Arizona driving pedicabs, so in old town Scottsdale, that's the person that gets on the golf cart. We typically dress in club attire. We dress, we take you bar to bar for dollars. Okay. So I went from a pedicab restaurant server to a multimillionaire of an international company. And the problem with that, and I tell people within my own dating that I'm working on through your next host, many (laughs) of her talks, I'm working through myself of realizing that as a successful person, I need to have the bar up there as well for my partner. My problem was because I came from nothing, because I was on Medicaid seven years ago, because I had nothing and made no money and, and that I dated guys of the same statue, you know, and, and not realizing that as I've gained in my life, I need to raise that bar too. And unfortunately I did not do that when I met my husband off of TikTok and the magnitude of what he did. And now looking back at all of the selfishness, the needing to go after my financials and everything that he did, you know, feeling that his needs were superior to mine. That is true narcissism. Narcissism is somebody who has that exaggerated self-importance. And you can see it a lot in people's videos. Mm -hmm. You will see it. If you really look at someone's videos, you will see that they really do think that they are the God to women. And the problem with TikTok is the ratio of women on that app versus men is a big difference. Mm -hmm. So you could be a man that typical day in life, if we saw him in a restaurant, we wouldn't even look his way. But because on TikTok with the perfect background of the trees and the forest and, you know, the perfect hat flip, like if you've watched my ex, you know what I'm talking about, the hat flip, you know, or just the fact that all these women want them and you're like, it's like supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Okay. So TikTok is supply and demand when you have not a lot of supply of men, but you happen to engage in TikTok as a creator or even as a beginner person on TikTok, you get addicted to these people when real day in life, remove the filters, show who they truly are. And we would have never looked their way. I have said to my own husband um, during, cause we're in our active annulment right now, um, you know, and, and because I was able to prove fraud on his part for marrying me. Um, I said to him in one of the last things I said to him when I asked for the annulment was if I had known you off of TikTok and lived with you long before we ever got married, I would have never married you. 
Mm. I would have realized you weren't worth it. You weren't worth anything. You're not worth two nickels to rub together. There is nothing about you that you bring to the table. And that's the problem is, you know, I never experienced someone like that, but I definitely have now learned to start identifying it more. And when I look at certain people now, it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, they get it. And they'll never admit, a narcissist will never admit that they did wrong. They will always blame shift. They will always say, well, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for you doing this, or I never acted like this with you. And then they'll use blanket statements to say, but I loved you like I never loved anyone else. But you're my one true love. But you give me butterflies like I've never had before. No one's ever given me butterflies. And the problem with women is we are no matter what, no matter how tough we are, we are very sensitive creatures. And in that sensitivity, it makes us very vulnerable. And that's where your next host, you know, talks about as well is, you know, how can we be these successful women and have had that open in our guard area that they were able to slither through like a rattlesnake, you know, because that's truly what they did in her scenario, in my scenario, in many women's scenario, they, they find that one thing. Do they study that? I was a single mom. Maybe they studied that. Maybe they said, okay, maybe she wants someone who's going to come in and say, I love kids. I want to be there for your kids. Or maybe they saw that you were broken before because you had an abusive person and they come in with a, I have never put my hands on a woman. I will never raise my voice. But then they do that to you and then they blame shift it. The, the time that my husband hit me, he blame shifted it on a previous ex. Well, I thought when you were reaching out to hug me that you were going to hurt me. So I hit you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? So it's the thing too is, in as well with our own social medias, we also need to be careful what we share on social media. You know, I share my personal story to help other women, not for an opening for another man to come into my life. And it's, it's so crazy, you know, how many people think that you're just ready to hop in with someone else. I'm not, it will be a very long time before I'm ready to date anyone. But it's that whole thing. If you have to be careful, if you're a woman that's getting ready to get on TikTok and this is your first time being on TikTok and maybe you're tuning into this podcast, you're like, I can relate. Be very careful what you, what you share, Mm -hmm. because there's a minute that once you start sharing that you have created that window into your life for someone to slither in and take advantage of you. Absolutely. It's, what I always state, it's a fact of they tend to, and it's not just narcissists in general, because like you, I love how you stated, we all have little bits and pieces of that. And it's something we have to find in ourselves of what are we projecting out there? What are people picking up on? But when we are putting our lives, and I've said this in numerous other episodes, we allow you as creators to see what we allow you to see. There's so much more in depth when it comes to us. But what you're putting on there for the views and the comments and the attention and a message, it's an opportunity for the wrong people to have access to do their homework. It's like somebody taking a test and you're giving them the answers of, okay, in the future, this is what I want to hear. This is how I want to be approached. This is my expectation from my partner. So you're giving them all of their homework and test assignments without even coming to class. That's pretty much what you're giving them. And I always state with women, we need to set our boundaries, but in this day and age, and I mean, I just do it at a video yesterday talking about what men are looking for, which cracks me up. This is going to come up on its own episode altogether, but they want somebody who is not independent. They're looking for Mm -hmm. somebody who is simple, who is easy, who is, and easy doesn't just mean sexual, but easy in the mindset that it's not a challenge. Men want to never be challenged, but we're living in this world, in this era, in this generation that I'm sorry, like you're the prime example. There's women that are doing better than the men because I saw your video. Yeah, I saw your video. I saw it because you pointed out the fact that we're not in the fifties anymore. Mm -hmm. Women are doing your same jobs. Mm -hmm. So why do you feel that a woman should basically bow down to you and be this little flower Mm -hmm. in the room for you when times have changed? 
exactly. And it's, it's going to be its own episode. Cause like I said, there's just, I got a lot of listeners, audio clips. Um, if you want to put in an episode or you, and you want to be in this, um, send a clip over through Instagram, watch the video, check it out. But everyone, I got so much heat on that because people are like, well, it's because you've been with a narcissist in the past. No, not at all. Oh, it's because you're, you've been damaged and you have this outlook that you are this superb alpha female. No, I mean, let's just be real here. Men stopped being men. Men stopped talking to the table. So in this narcissistic world, and if you're in a relationship that you are mind warped and go through the gaslighting and the red flags and they keep pulling you in, they know that we are independent. They know that we're strong and that we're going to stand up for ourselves. So in that regard, they see that as combative. They see that as bitchy. They see that as, oh, well, you're not soft or caring. No, we have a right to stand up for what not only we want, but what- Controlling. Yeah, but what you should want for your own self. Like everyone in social media sees what you're doing, even through a comment or a like or a post, everything is visible. So not only are you representing yourself, you're representing me. Absolutely. With dating um, and marriage and going through this entire annulment process, how has this changed maybe your perspective on dating or I mean, is it something that's kind of just traumatized you? You now know what to look for, or is it just one, which I'm assuming you're just a badass powerhouse of a female. And you're like, I'm taking my time to enjoy myself and have me. So as you know, I just got back from Hawaii. If you follow me, you know, I went on my single moon, (laughs) still legally married, but, um, I would say that the most I got was watery eyes. And that's not normal for me. Um, As strong and independent as I am, I can break and break down and cry. When this happened to me, I was more angry at myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I could cry. I think I could feel the pain within my eyes and my eyes could have that glazed look over, you know, glazed over look. But it's like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't let him break me or take more from me. I left. I chose to leave. I chose to kick him out of my house. I got the restraining order. I had him removed. Okay. I filed the annulment and I was willing to do whatever to get him out of my life because as a strong person, I knew I deserved better. I didn't need to sit there and say that just because I was married on a piece of paper that I needed to stay in misery. And that's a lot of people getting that whole thing of, and I always said it too, that I would be one and done on marriage. Well, you only do it once and I never give up. But when you're married to somebody who married you for false pretenses, who married you when they admit that you weren't their type, that you had this life that they wanted and this lifestyle that he saw himself and his daughter in. And that's why he married me. That um, you really, you really get that sense of, I'm not going to allow a piece of paper to dictate my own freedom and what I deserve in life. So I, I tell people now, you know, cause I have friends that are unhappy in marriages and friends that are unhappy in relationships. And I say, go leave, get out. It doesn't matter how much I would have had to write him in his little stupid settlement he wanted. Okay. That didn't make him a man by stealing money from me, by only agreeing to give me my freedom. If I wrote him a check, Mm -hmm. that didn't make him a man that proved to me that he was exactly who I said he was. Okay. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to now wanting to date I, 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 I don't want to say that I don't ever want a date because I, w- I don't think that's the case. I feel like it would really have to be that person that has those old fashioned values that does believe in that a man should provide. And I'm not saying that a man has to make as much money as me. And I get a lot of kickback on my lives from men that come in and say, well, then that means you want someone to be a millionaire. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. By provide, I mean, take care of me. Dote over me and my kids. 
tell me to go get dressed in a fancy dress that we're going to dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. Tell me to go pack a weekend bag because you booked an overnight. I have never had that. And I will tell you as a woman right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're paying the bills for a man, stop and see if he still stays. Mm -hmm. Because there is no woman out there that should be paying the bills for a man unless he's a stay-at-home dad to your biological kids together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you're a doctor and he was you know, maybe a pharmacist or maybe he was a teacher and it didn't make sense for him to go to work because you have little kids. I'm not including you in this aspect because there are situations where that works. But if you're a woman and you're taking care of a man right now and you're paying the bill, stop and see if he stays. Because as soon as I started cutting everything off, his attitude changed real quick. When I quit buying him the expensive shoes and quit saying, oh, I'll buy you all these things because you want it. And he never, ever said buy me this, what he would say is an indirect way, ladies. And let me tell you, this is still somebody who's a gold digger. Oh, you look so good in your red bottom. How am I supposed to go out in my Timberlands when you look so good the way that you're dressed? Okay. That is an indirect way of asking for something. And what did I go do? Bottom the Louboutins, bottom the matching belt, bottom the matching wallet, Mm -hmm. because that's what I did. So you have to remember that those are all things that will be red flags to me. If you come into my life or if you come into my life in general and you make a comment, even a joke about wanting to have a sugar mama, instantly done. Yep. If you come in with your words, because my husband's the master manipulator, he's so good that even five years ago with his ex-wife, he managed to say those same exact words word for word without a glitch. It's like it's a memory cue. It's like pull the flashcard. So it's like, you know, so, you know, words mean nothing to me now. It'll be action. So really when I'm ready to date, I feel like it's going to be that person that might know my story from social media or might know my story from the neighbor or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm going to show this girl that I'm different. And by showing, I'm going to be that attentive person. I'm going to be that man that shows up for no reason. I'm going to be that guy that leaves flowers at her door just because I wanted her to open up the door in the morning and smile. Mm-hmm. Not the man who just wants to move in with me and live my life mm-hmm. with doing nothing. When I sat with my attorney and we had to go through all of the things that we purchased, he didn't buy me anything. He never even took me to dinner. Mm-hmm. He never took me on a trip. I paid for everything, even the clothes on his daughter's back. So those are things now when it comes to dating that I will never do again. And if, if it's a horrible situation for the next one, then I'm so sorry, but this is what dating has become. I know way too many women out here supporting men and men not stepping up as men. Yep. Is You have a very, very slim chance of finding one. It's almost like it's like the only the guys that are left that are like in the, in the country farming, you know, <laughs> might be the only ones that still know those values because they're still getting up at the crack of dawn to milk a cow. Yeah. Like, farmers.com here I come like I don't know what to say but it's gotta be something like because there's gotta be I I I really don't want to ever give up and say that I'm done dating or I'll never get married again even though I don't feel like I would get married again um I don't want to ever rule those things out because that wouldn't be fair to the next person that might really actually love me for me for the person that I am not for what I can provide Mm -hmm. I had a guest on, her name is Lacey Bradford. She's also listed in my bio on both Instagram and TikTok. She was a life coach. She does incredible sessions and she's amazing, not only just for women that are going through a divorce, but women that are just looking to find who they are again. We oftentimes as women get lost when we not, we're not really sure how to get back on that path. She made an amazing statement that has stuck with me ever since that episode. She was married And she said, my marriage was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. And that's why I wanted a divorce because I knew what I deserved and everyone out there, you know, they bashed her. They didn't understand. Well, he makes you coffee in the mornings. And she's like, yeah, well, he brings you flowers once a week. Yeah, but I'm good, but not great. And she talks about with women 
and like I said, it just sat with me so strongly. We want a partner. We do not want a project. There's Correct. a huge difference. So when you're talking about all of the things like, you know, when we sat down and we looked at everything, he never took me to dinner. He never took me on a trip. There's always these men that are out there. Well, that's not, that's not important, but you have high expectations of what you expect to receive from us. So what are you giving back? Women, we're emotional creatures. We want to feel nurtured. We want to feel protection and safety. But if we're not feeling that from you, you're not going to get jack shit reciprocated to you. Let's be real. You're going to get the bare minimum. So it's that balancing act of learning the red flags, seeing what you've always done in the past, and then maybe what's not working, and then figuring out who it is that you're actually with, not who they want you to believe, but who are you to the core with? And when we talk about narcissistic relationships and abusive relationships, this is a form of abuse, whether it is physical, whether it's emotional, mental, this is abuse. And it's widely quoted that it takes an average of seven attempts to leave an abusive relationship with a narcissist, seven attempts. So do you have experience with that? I did. So, um, I, I, I left my husband when we were dating, when we were engaged, I left, I accused him of being after me for my money. He convinced me that it was in my head because um, I had went to the Ozarks. My father was dying of stage four renal cell carcinoma and my father was married to a gold digger. So he convinced me that it was in my head because I was looking at my dad's wife and seeing that she was not caring for him in a dying time, okay? So I get back from the Ozarks after being there six weeks and he convinces me, no, 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 I love you. No one will ever love you like I love you. So what do I do? I take him back. Next thing you know, I'm married. A month later, we've done the full, well, not even a month later, two and a half weeks later, we did the full transition of living together. First week was great. I had a great marriage my first week. I really was like, wow, like, look how he dotes over me. Look what him, he's making me food while I'm working. He's coming to me in my Zoom meetings. Like he's taking care of my baby because my youngest is autistic. He's taking him swimming. He's doing everything. And then the second week hit and those things start to dwindle off. I began asking for an annulment um, or a divorce at, we got married to 22, 22 at two. <laughs> and I believe that I started asking um, the week before his birthday, like the last week of March. Um, on April 1st on his birthday, I wouldn't give him more money at the casino. He wanted money. His ATM limit was maxed. I refused to give him money. And he told me then, what are we doing here? I had booked a full weekend at, well, you know, you live here at the Harrah's Maricopa. They have a beautiful pool with a swim up bar. I had planned this whole weekend. He wanted to go home because I wouldn't give him more money. I tried to leave again. I asked for an annulment or a divorce so many times. And I filed for annulment twice. My final time that I was able to leave and I hope I don't cry when I talk about it was the night of terror that I went through on that Thursday night in the beginning of June my eyes are watering I apologize okay. um and what he did to me and my kids and my mother and he tried to frame me for domestic abuse and I didn't do anything and I was crying to the cops saying I didn't do anything thank goodness that I had been at Fashion Square Mall earlier that I had receipts, that I was at Kona Grill during the time that he went and swam in my pool to make his eyes red, used eye drops basically in one eye to whiten it or whatever he did to frame me for domestic abuse. And I have him on recording till this day of him admitting that he acted without thinking and he was grasping for straws because he knew he was losing me because earlier that day I told him I was completely done. I wanted a divorce. There was no ifs and buts about it. So he proceeded to plan this whole day of framing me for this to try to get me taken, not realizing that me being arrested in Arizona, that's like a three-day hold. Mm -hmm. I would have been in jail with MS-13 members in Lower Buckeye or wherever, you know, as this innocent person that things could have happened to me. My kids could have been taken and I could have lost my business. I work with Medicaid and Medicare. Mm -hmm. I could have lost my business. And he didn't care because he only cared about himself. 
it took me so many times to leave that when I went to the next morning after he did this to me, after I stayed barricaded in my bedroom and he will argue all day long that he didn't mean anything with his gun, but he did that night after the cops were there three times, go into our, our master closet, take his gun out if so he could have it for protection. What did you need protection from? You're sleeping on the couch and now I have to worry that if I walk in the house in the middle of the night, you're going to shoot me or something. So I stayed barricaded in my bedroom with my children and I went and got a restraining order the next day. And that was the only way I got free. If I would never have been able to get that restraining order, we would not be having this conversation today because he would have held me captive. He would have done everything possible to me to keep me. And it's so much mental abuse. It's beyond, you know, and I, I always read to these things that the mental abuse is worse than the physical and mm -hmm. people don't realize that. And I get a lot of kickback and, and, and argumentative people that say, no, 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 you're wrong. Mental abuse, what he did to me and my kids, that my own son, I offered to get him therapy because of the, I never want my son to treat a woman like that or to think that what happened was okay or that because I tolerated it for so many months that it was okay. Mm -hmm. Nothing was ever okay. It's just sometimes you can't escape. And I will really say this to everyone out there when you're engaged, whether you're dating on TikTok, whether you're engaged in real life, like truly know who you're marrying and get a prenup. I don't care if you only have a dollar to your name, get a prenup so you can walk away easily. Because if you don't, they will hold everything against you down to your kids, down to anything to keep you. Mm -hmm. It shows so much strength on your part from not only for the safety of yourself, but your children, for anyone that is listening to actually go and make the move to want to leave is the first step to actually put those steps in motion and to go, I know in the state of Arizona, going for a restraining order, it's, it's almost embarrassing because you're not, I mean, I've been in this situation in my twenties and you're going in and you're standing in a courtroom, you're with people that you, depending on where you fit in the schedule, you're listening to some pretty horrific things. And then you're sitting there like, is this really my life? Is this what I'm going through? Like, I can't believe I'm sitting here. Then you go up in front of a judge. They have the opportunity then to appeal your decision, which is, I was in that situation in my twenties. It was so scary. Uh, yep. So then you're going and you're standing, you have to, you know, stand there in front of a judge, having to explain your story. You've already written everything out, which for us as women is paragraph upon paragraph of what's been happening. They literally stand there for five seconds and read it and say yes or no. But that appeal process, and that's where the fear comes through of what they put you through in this panic is they're going to sit here and appeal this. And you're already told we'll put this into effect, but then you have to go back to court and stand there when, of course, they they appear in a great suit and they look presentable. Yeah. And then you're standing there having to explain in detail everything this person puts you through. You're crying. You're emotional. You're scared for your safety. You're scared for your well-being. Because like you said, the physical happens in such an abrupt moment and it leaves a mark. But the mental stays with you the rest of your life. It will trigger you the rest of your life. So the yeah. judge is standing there seeing this person and they're of course coming as presentable as possible and fancy yeah. and, and you're standing there like, believe me, believe me. And that's where the fear comes in of people leaving. Did you have that fear going and getting the restraining order of the aftermath or maybe the repercussions? Yeah. So, um, I, I figure skate, I think you've seen that probably on my TikTok. Um, I still skate. I'm a retired Disney on ice show star whatever Vegas <laughs> showgirl too but um I skate every Friday morning it just so happened that this happened on Thursday night that I was able to sneak out of my house Friday morning pretending I was going skating I went to the courthouse I slept in the courthouse parking lot I had not slept yet um I was still in my like moo moo dress I don't know what to call it but I was in that and I'm in there in my flip-flops with this no makeup bawling my eyes out haven't slept and um I'm talking and there's no judge there that day for the domestic I had to do it over the phone mm -hmm. the biggest fear of it all was when they go over their disclaimer statements of 
know that once we serve him, you're still not protected. You know, when he got told his thing, he evaded to avoid being served. I didn't have to go through the appeal process. He was so afraid because the order stated he had to turn his guns over within 24 hours that his only concern was to get his guns and ship them back to Pennsylvania. He didn't care about the other stuff. But being there and having to tell your story, and I was the first one there that morning because I was waiting outside. I was the third one through security. I was the first one into the domestic side. And to sit there and then these counselors come and they want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And you just like, I don't want to keep reliving this. I just want to be free. The, the hardest part was going back to the same house. So I had to come back and true story. I, I came home. I didn't even, I went to Dunkin' Donuts first. I text the kids saying, you know, his daughter too on a group text and said, Hey, just left the ice arena going through Dunkin', getting you guys some donuts. And then I'll be home because I was trying to buy time because I knew court open the courthouse there opened up at eight. I knew that if I wasn't home by nine o'clock, he would start blowing up my phone, demanding to know where I am. So I was like, you know, and I was running so close on time. So I had to act like I was buying time. I was like, oh, I stayed late to talk. And then, oh, I went to Dunkin' Donuts. And then I come in with the donuts and he comes in the room. He's like, I'm waving my white flag. And I'm like, stay away from me. Like, and I'm literally in fear of him at this point after what he just did to me and tormented me and my kids. My son and him almost got in a fist fight. My son's six, you know, he's six foot four. He's stepping in between us. And he's like, back up from my mom back it up you know and the hardest thing was waiting for the sheriff all day to show because you're sitting there in panic mm-hmm. of like how is he going to react when that sheriff comes will he lose his marbles will he then hold us prisoner will he leave easily what is he going to retaliate to me so because he left and because he wanted his guns back and because he ran back to pa in a quickness the only thing he could come after me was was to come after my money and so that's what he did. Their disclaimer that they give you in the courtroom is, I mean, you'll never forget someone reading that to you because you're yes. already fearful. That's the reason you're there. And to hear, I mean, I've come from a law enforcement family and everyone always hears the bad stories of it is just a piece of paper. I mean, at the end of the day, that's yes. what it is. And I don't think that society takes this as serious as it needs to be. And unfortunately we hear those of men and women. I mean, it goes for both genders of it was a piece of paper and until something bad happened and until they were pressured and because they're losing the control is when they snap. So for anyone listening, that is a fear. It's something that you're not alone feeling that, but it's something that to be free, like she said, it's it's a step in the right direction in releasing yourself from the toxic abuse that you're in. Well, and don't, and two, for anyone listening, just because the police weren't there for you, don't also be afraid. So here's the thing. We live in a decade now where police are afraid to act on things because of social media. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a lot of friends who are police officers. I have a lot of friends that were so upset to how Phoenix police handled my situation. Um, I had my attorney on the phone. So if you are in Arizona, you understand that we are a separate and a community property state, which means anything you own prior to being married, including if it on goes into your marriage is still separate property. So my business, my house, everything else. My attorney was on the phone talking to the police saying, no, this is her separate property. I'm advising my client to go ahead and hire private security. He is not to come back in this house. Phoenix police then threatened me that if I didn't let him back in the house, that they would arrest me which was the most horrible feeling. I had a woman cop who was flirting with my husband right in front of me in the driveway, touching his arm and his shoulder while my mother, my kid, his daughter, my other son was asleep, but my son, his daughter, and my mother were all on my side, his own daughter. He is a single parent to her solely. His own daughter was taking my side with the police, telling them I didn't do anything and he was lying. And this Phoenix police officer lady was too busy putting her hands on my husband, okay? If I was a person that believed that how they handled my case was okay, I would have never went to the courthouse that next morning, but I refused to accept that this was gonna be my life. 
So I did what I needed to do. One of the last things that I said to that woman cop when she came back for the third time after he stole my keys so that I couldn't even lock up my own house or escape with my own vehicles, everything, he took it all. I said to that Phoenix police officer, remember my faith. Because one thing I can tell you, because I've dealt with death, I, wor I work in healthcare, so I've seen people die. Um, what I told her is one thing you'll never forget is someone's face when you could have done something and you didn't. Mm -hmm. I said, so remember my name or remember my face, because if he shoots me tonight, the blood is going to be on your hands. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was probably one of the, that's the statement that beyond what the judge said to me that day, that's the moment that sticks with me the most is that in my life, I had to say those words to someone. I had to really think that I might die before morning. That this man, and, and the scariest part was is my, my husband is an alcoholic and a gambling addict. The scariest part of the whole thing was he was sober that night when he did all that to me. So imagine if he went and drank his gin and tonics after this, or he went and drank a bottle of gin because he was losing his wife or whatever. What could he have done to me? And to know that those words came out of my mouth, that is probably the worst thing that you could ever have to say to someone is that this might be your last night alive because he is so off his rocker. I didn't even identify who he was anymore. I didn't know that person because that was not the person I met on TikTok. That's why we're doing this episode. And that's why I appreciate every guest that comes on here to share their story. Because I always say, I provide the platform. I provide the, the safe place where you're not judged. You're not reprimanded for speaking out. You're not questioned about, you know, well, they're saying this. I, I'm simply providing an amazing platform for guests to come on and share their stories. Because we always hear those in the news of, well, it was just too late. Why didn't somebody speak up? Why didn't they say something? Why didn't family help them? And the reason behind that is because there's so much judgment that comes from everyone else around you of, okay, well, we don't believe this, or we see them this way, or they portray themselves this way. So if you're listening and you're in a situation where you're just like, I don't have anybody, I'm not sure. I work with the company. They're called, we believe you SOS. They help with sexual assault and domestic violence for military. They focus on military veterans and veteran families and spouses, because a lot of times in the military and even in civilian world, there's nobody that helps the victim. There's always somebody that embraces the abuser and always looks at the victim of, well, prove yourself. And it's almost like this, you're guilty until you prove your innocence in your situation and you're going through an abusive situation, you're, you're fearful. So they also assist everyone with finding connections in your state, helping you if you need to leave. Um, and they do so much work with the community because like I said, this isn't just gender related. So I don't want listeners to think, well, this happens with females. This happens with men. I just did an episode oh, happens with men. Mm -hmm. that aired and he's in the military and he's now in Leavenworth prison on three years and missing out on his family because his ex-wife was extremely upset, vindictive, narcissistic. He has recordings of similar stuff of her being abusive to him, derogatory comments. And he wasn't even allowed to hear that in court. He wasn't allowed to stand up for himself. So with your story, and I cannot thank you enough for being so brave and coming on here because you do have a story to tell, but it's also empowering for yourself to realize, look at what I've gone through, but look at how this has not destroyed me, but it's defining me. Absolutely. You know, I bought a house since this all happened. I moved, I started completely fresh and that's the way to do it. You know, is just pick yourself up and keep going. Don't let somebody take from you. And it's, and this is for men too. I know a plenty of men that have abusive relationships, you know, nobody deserves to be treated less than they deserve in, in, in their life. If you, if you wouldn't treat that person that way, then don't accept that for yourself. Mm -hmm. To wrap up this episode, I always put people on the spot because it's just what I do. Okay. Being with everything that you've gone through and how you've come out on the flip side and how strong you are and you're working through healing because this is a healing process. It's not something that you flip a switch and your life goes back to normal. Like I said in the beginning, you're reborn, you're finding yourself again, but you're finding a better version. So if the future self is able to hear this in the next year, 
what is a man for you? And what do you want out of your life after going through such a traumatic experience? What is a man for me? Um, a good, honorable, honest, hardworking person. I don't care what you do for a living. Just be a good, honest, hardworking person. If I say, what do you bring the table? Say, I bring the chairs and I bring the decoration with it because I'm bringing the table. So bring the chairs, bring the decoration, bring the placemats too. You know, <laughs> it's like, just, just be that person that wants to match me in a partnership. Because the only way you're going to build an empire is if you're partners. Mm-hmm. You can't build an empire with one person pulling all the weight. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, what was the last one? In the next year, because I'm going to I'm gonna follow up with you. So I want you to go back to <laughs> the year and I'm going to have you listen to this. What do you want to tell yourself in a year? Where do you want to see yourself? I'm going to say, don't change. Don't allow if I could tell myself, don't allow that one thing that doesn't meet my requirements to be something that I accept and say, okay, well, you know what? They met nine out of 10 things I want. No, because I'm still settling. Mm -hmm. I I really need to stay firm on what I expect in a partnership and in my life in the future. And, and that's something that I hope for myself because we are human beings and we are still all have weaknesses that I don't let my weaknesses take over, that I truly stay firm in what I deserve in life and that I, I did not settle in a year from now. If I'm even dating someone in a year from now that I didn't settle, you know, and that if I am dating someone in a year from now, I hope that when they listen to this, that they realize how far I've come and, and how worthy they are to be dating me because, and I don't mean that in like, I'm, I'm some amazing person. I'm just saying, you know, because of coming back from this huge setback, that I was able to open my heart up to you because that's going to be the hardest thing for me right now is, is one day being able to open my heart again. Mm-hmm. Be proud from one woman supporting another. Be proud of how far you've come. Uh, this is just the start of this journey for your healing and be proud of yourself, not only as a businesswoman, but as a woman in a very difficult time and especially as a mother. So be very proud. I'm very proud to know you and have you on hey. and I cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story with listeners. Um, I'll make sure to put all your information in the bio so they can follow your journey of healing because I feel like we're not ever alone. And if we can link up together and work through healing together, we're going to come out of this just an exceptional human being than we ever thought possible. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and spending your time hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast and a special thank you to all our sponsors. Make sure to check them out. If you have any tips or topics, feel free to email me at littlebitoflifecast at gmail.com or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at littlecute1az. You never know if your topic will be next. Be sure to join me again for another episode of Little Bit of Life. Until next time, stay positive, stay blessed.